Welcome to the Retzel Health Law Hotspot. Health Law Hotspot is a podcast for physicians and health professionals that covers the legal issues and trends that affect the healthcare industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health Law Hotspot. I'm Erica Adler, shareholder at Retzel and Andrus and leader of our healthcare practice. And this is the Health Law Hotspot. Today, I have two amazing guests. Let me introduce them for you. Uh, but first, let me mention that today we're going to be talking about how do you prepare yourself for being the most successful healthcare provider and healthcare business you can be? And how do you have the right partners in place in order to successfully engage in a transaction if one should arise down the road? And today we're going to talk about that. And I want to introduce you to two amazing partners that I've worked with for many years and on many transactions with many clients. And I think they bring a lot of information and insight on this topic. So first, we have Dan Gould. He is the founder of the Gould Financial Group. And Dan has been working with businesses, professionals, high net worth individuals, and families with their complex financial pictures. And I have worked with him with a tremendous number of healthcare providers. And I know he brings a lot of expertise. So welcome, Dan. Thank you. And also, we have Joel Brodsky. Joel has a really interesting story because he started off as a client of Dan's, and he is a former practicing lawyer, and he helped his wife, who's a physician, build up uh, a large uh, medical practice and sell it to private equity. And now he is working with Dan as a director of business development at the Gould Financial Group, and they make an awesome team, and I've had the opportunity to work with them on several transactions. So I'm really looking forward to getting some insight from the two of you on some of the topics that we're going to cover today. So welcome, both of you. Thanks, Erica. Thanks, Erica. Happy to be here. So let's start off by just explaining, because I think many people really don't understand. I have an accountant. I have a guy who invests my stock. What do I need a financial planner for? Why do I need someone like Dan or someone like Joel? You know, what do they really bring to the table? And I know some of the most successful physicians and groups have someone like Dan. So Dan, speak a little bit as to why you work with practices, what you bring to the table and you know why they should be talking to someone like you. No, that's great. Thanks, Erica. So for 30 years, we've really been working with physicians from right out of residency and fellowship, all to working within groups, to opening their own practices, to selling practices. And the key thing I think that, uh, physicians need is they need a team of people that will be working for their benefit uh, and finding out all the goals, objectives, everything that they want to achieve, both personally with their practice, and not just where do they manage their money or where do they buy insurance or where do they get a mortgage from, um, employee benefits, just like having a global picture and, and having one team or group understand every single thing about that physician, their family, their employees, their practice about what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. And, and, and that's kind of been um, our specialty is really helping people figure that out. Uh, we have a large team. I th we're over 20 people now. And it's about really customer service oriented and really understanding what the clients want. And so what I understand really is that you're so familiar with the practice itself that one of the key things that I know you bring to the table is that as we see practices being sold and doing transactions, your practices are already ready to go. 
And what this really means is that they are solid financially. Uh, they are set up properly in terms of documentation. Uh, their assets are being held in the proper entities. They're already getting the best tax advice. And that's sort of a, a hard thing to start figuring out you didn't know and didn't do when you have an LOI on the table. Exactly. It's so hard. So much of the planning process and getting ready for a sale is the years ahead of time of understanding, and Joel uh, talk on this far more than me, but understanding the things that need to happen and to, for the physician themselves to understand what their business is and how it actually operates and, and what the companies are gonna be selling to are looking for. Um, how are the employees gonna react? How does it affect the benefits? Um, and making sure that, yeah, that things are set up so that depending on the size of the sale, um, there's a lot of uh, not only income capital gains tax, but potentially uh, estate tax implications for that physician and their families. Right. And you and I have had some transactions where, uh, you know, I, I speak to the doctor and I'm like, well, who's who's guiding you through this process? And, you know, they have a family friend or or somebody just helping them. You and I recently had a uh, transaction where it was significant purchase price and somebody told them to go form some trust somewhere in, in Nevada or something. And they were going to be charged 10 plus thousand dollars and kind of blew our minds. And, you know, so there's a lot doctors don't know what they don't know and kind of we want to make sure that doesn't happen uh and you know obviously at the end of the day we can save them money as well by preparing ahead of time yeah and that's also one of the most important reasons that building the relationship between a wealth management firm and and the other team the people on the team with the doctor early on in their career is because you have to have that level of trust and, and history of working with each other a lot of times so that when you do get into these situations that like you're not starting from scratch on everything. Um, and I mean, Joel and I, we worked together for 20 plus years before their transaction. And, you know, we have a multi-generational firm. So like young advisors work with young physicians and kind of get to know each other and grow up with each other. So I think that's really helpful. Yeah, Dan and I have literally grown up together, which is, which is pretty <laughs> fun. But I think, you know, it really brings back a point when, you know, Amy and I, you know, started to have some discussions about whether or not we would ultimately do a transaction. And, you know, when we thought that was possible, we really started planning, you know, two years in advance. Um, you know, you really have to understand kind of in your own market, whether it's dermatology or orthopedics or dental practices, like, you know, what, you know, who are the players that are buying practices? How do they value a business? Um, you know, what is EBITDA, right? That's that like term that everybody talks about that you, you really need to understand as a business owner. And when we first started, you know, talking about it, we, we really then got together with Dan and we got together with our accountant and we got a much better sense of kind of where the practice was at at that point in time. And some of the things we needed to do from a profit and loss, you know, P&L standpoint to, to kind of get the practice where we wanted it to be. And also, you know, one of the things that was really helpful in working with Dan and the accountant was really kind of understanding where is your revenue coming from, right? As an owner, you have to understand what percentage of your revenue comes from product sales, what revenue comes from, you know, spa, what comes from cosmetic injectables, just on a dermatology standpoint, what comes from insurance? And the more you know about your business, um, 
the better prepared you are when, when a, a buyer comes by and starts to look at and value your business. And you can tell whether or not, you know, they're, they're really kind of in the ballpark of where you think the value of your business should be. And, you know, another thing that Dan and I have talked about, um, you know, there are, there are people in the, in the industry that will come in and really kind of look at your practice and, and, and kind of tell you where you're at. We took a different approach. We hired somebody who had had some experience in, in private equity deals to actually came in and worked in the practice, but not a lot of people spend the time and the money to do that. And so I think, you know, there are people out there who specifically come in and, and meet with you and, and go through your business and tell you kind of where you're at uh, and, and where you need to be. So this whole team approach to really getting your business in the best health possible um, before kind of getting together with a great healthcare lawyer like Erica and really starting to look at, at, at partners is, is really critical because, you know, it, it can mean the difference in a much higher purchase price, right. which is, you know, and listen, the other thing too is really understanding all facets of the deal, right? Not just the purchase price, but, you know, physician independent autonomy, you know, what it's going to look like after the deal. Are your doctors going to be taken care of? Are your employees going to be taken care of? A lot of things that are really important to, to owners of a business. And, you know, I think private equity somewhat has gotten a bad rap. I think that there are a lot of good actors out there. And then there's, you know, there's a few that, you know, maybe you would want to avoid, but I think you really have to understand, you know, who you're doing this deal with, because, you know, like us, most people spend, you know, decades building their company and they don't just kind of, handed over lightly. They, they really care and they really want to make sure they're partnering with the, with the right partner. I agree. And in terms of preparing to sell your practice, and I know this is something you and I have talked about, there are some things that should be done several years ahead of time to prepare. And one of those things could be looking at the type of entity you are. So if you are the type of entity uh, like a C corporation, right, where you could be double taxed, uh, you may not want to be a C-Corp, but that takes several years of planning if you were going to consider a change or any other type of entity change. It can't just be done, you know, two months before you close on a transaction, right? Um, if you are a C-Corp and you have non-competes in place for your shareholders and you were thinking you're going to take the money as goodwill to avoid that double tax, guess what? You can't, right? And, you know, technically, you can't just get rid of those non-competes the night before, and be safe doing it. So if you right. plan a couple years ahead of time, the tax implications of the transaction can be greatly impacted as well. Uh, but if you don't talk to people who know kind of what they're doing and you don't kind of plan the long road, then you, you might lose or leave quite a lot of money on the table. Right. right? And, and in our specific transaction, you know, what was in the doctor's employment agreements was pretty important because that was kind of the baseline framework that was utilized to to create their contracts with the new entity and so you know you and i had a discussion with with somebody who i referred to you um was really excited about hiring a doctor who wanted to waive wanted to have their non-compete waived in the event of a sale and you know we both were kind of really adamant both me from the inside and you kind of from the legal standpoint of saying that that's a really dangerous position to be in because you know that doctor's contributing a fair amount to EBITDA and it could either really mess your deal up or it could create a, a really big earnout. So it's really critical to understand exactly what's going into your contract documents um, and how they could potentially affect a deal and to have a really good you know, lawyer in, in place to advise you as to those things. 
right? I think that's a really good example. Other similar things might be promising a right of first refusal to one of your doctors to buy stock, right? Or to become a partner, an equal partner or any other kind of partner, having those kind of provisions in there without saying they're completely discretionary and non-binding or, or something like that can really, you know, upset a deal when you realize that it's in there. Um, having, you know, non-competes that are not properly written can, can harm you as well. Not having a non-compete is, is not always ideal. Of course, this depends on the state that you're in, et cetera. But, you know, looking at your documents and thinking long-term about the impact on a potential transaction. And sometimes these are in employment agreements, sometimes they're in other documents. So you have to look at you know, your various documents to, when you're thinking ahead about a potential deal and start making the changes ahead of time um, by you know, working with people who are having some foresight about the impact on a transaction. So I absolutely- yeah. Something you guys brought up is a really good point too, is that like, when you think of when physicians open their practices, they do, the legal work they do the things they're getting advised what to do and a lot of times just like anything else they're not doing annual checkups on their business or semi-annual checkups and all of a sudden they haven't looked at some of the the effects of what they did until they're really getting ready to sell and i and i think that you know your approach erica and what joel did is just being out there reviewing things and planning ahead it really helps people with that Right. And I think, you know, it's not just the legal piece too, it's the financial. So what happens if you really, you have an accountant who does your tax returns, you haven't really planned anything and suddenly there's a closing and you have $5 million wired to your bank account, right? I mean, I guess you could just sit there and get no interest or maybe these days a little bit of interest, right? Depending <laughs> on where it went. But, you know, what kind of lead time do you really recommend for people who are doing a transaction in terms of where they're diverting funds, where, where they're putting it, how they're best using it? And also, let's not forget that most of the transactions we're seeing right now have a cash component, but also have a rollover component. So I'm kind of interested in terms of, you know, when you're talking about being ready ahead of time, what, what, are we, what should we be thinking about? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I think it's super important. It the the financial planning aspect of it from cash flow management to knowing what people's budgets are what do they spend money on a lot of people have used their practice to pay a lot of expenses for themselves and do different things for themselves that might not be there later on uh post-sale so I, I think it's super important um for each individual physician uh, in the practice to understand like what 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 type of revenue they bring in, where does it come from? What do they need to live on? And post-sale, how long do they wanna work? What type of income do they wanna live on in retirement? Uh, we've advised some people who they were making enough money to support their lifestyle with the practice, but if their income got cut post-sale, they would have been dipping into the proceeds of the sale. And that doesn't, always, that doesn't make sense a lot of times. So, a lot of times these sales are life-changing events. They're life-changing events for the ability to live the type of lifestyle you want. You know, take something off the table of what something that you've, a doctor, or uh, has created and built their, their whole working lives. But that's their, it's usually a one-shot deal. Um, you know, they don't get multiple chances to do that. And, 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 and that's kind of like their baby and they need to take care of it and they need to plan years in advance to understand how is life gonna look 
financially, not only for themselves, but their families, um, pre-sale, post-sale, and in retirement. And Eric, I think you raised a good point. A lot of these deals, most deals have a, a cash component and oh, yeah. a stock component, right? And so not only are you negotiating with, with a company that's going to buy your practice, but ultimately you're going to take stock in that company. So you know, private equity companies typically recap, as we know, like every three to five years. So it's, it's interesting to know, like, when is the last time they, they have had a recapitalization? Are they planning on doing it soon? So to get a better understanding is what kind of risk do I want? Like, you know, typically they'll require you to take 20% stock, but in some instances you can take more stock, but you also need to talk to your financial advisor and your, your CPA, because listen, we were unsure at the time we were doing the deal, whether or not certain tax laws were going to change. And that had some discussion and some implication on the decisions that we ultimately decided to make. So this is why it's really important to have a team in place who really understands kind of, you know, the current law, but also kind of what, what potentially could be happening. So you can have a really good discussion and dialogue and make a really good informed decision as to, you know, how much you take in cash and, and how much you take in stock and, you know, what the tax considerations are of those right. decisions. In terms of timing. That's a great point because not, is, not every single, right. yeah. Yeah, no, no, I was, I was just going to say, say that, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say that that not, not every deal is a home run on the equity side. So that again, that comes into the planning side too. Um, so I just think there's an awful lot out there, and just from working in transit on some of these transactions with you, with Joel, some of the outside like consultants that we use that can come in and really help people also on the ground prepare things. You know, you've really seen the differences of a physician understanding all the issues that they're going to have to face for sometimes going into these processes where they are absolutely the underdog in the right. negotiations because they don't know all these issues. Right. Right. And, and part of the, the rollover problem is they don't the companies don't like to share information sometimes, right? And what little they do, you're really relying on your financial advisor and your accountant to say, these numbers look great or they're carrying a lot of debt. This concerns me because you're giving up, you know, millions potentially in cash, you know, to make this investment. And so that that's really a balancing act. I mean, I don't get involved in those discussions about how much equity or whether it's a good deal, not a good deal, you know, that's where you come in. Um, but that is something, you know, often doctors will just assume it's, it's good investment. And it's not always the case. Right. Well, and, and the reason it's important to have a really good team in place is, you know, as a physician, and I'm not a physician, obviously, I, we, we talked about the fact that I practice law and then I was running my life's <laughs> practice, but like, there are a lot of physicians who run their own practices. And as you know, and we've talked about this, when they're in the throes of a deal, letter of intent and 90 days to negotiate from letter of intent to, to hopefully closing, there's a lot going on there. I mean, it is an intense time in your life when you're in the middle of that deal. And so it's really hard at that time for the physician to be focusing on all of these things we're discussing. So if you have a really good team in place and a really good plan in place before you hit the LOI stage, then you're going to be in a much better position to really understand your business, to understand the health of your business, to really understand what your options are, 
to not only maximize your deal, but to really secure your financial future in a way that's, that's, that's beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when doctors have their own busy work schedules, right? So most of the time we're trying to catch them in the evenings at lunchtime. And it's very hard to focus when they're, they're trying to keep their numbers up too, right? Because we don't want, there can't be any changes between, you know, when the LOI is signed and when we close. So it, it's a lot of pressure on them. And, and doctors are great, but most of them are not business people either. They don't understand this isn't what they're great at. And they do need a, a team to advise them and support them. I absolutely agree. The best deals we do, the easiest deals we do, the fastest and least expensive transactions that we do are the ones where you already have a good team in place that's looking out for you, for sure. We all agree, yep. All agree, 100%. <laughs> all right, agree. perfect. Um, all right, I think I, from my end, I think we've covered so much here. Is there anything else you wanna throw out there? No, I, 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 you know, I think, I, th I think the, uh, I think the, the moral of almost today is that, you know, people are, um, need to be surrounded by people that can help them in their business, their personal life, their family planning, um, and really help tie things together. And I think that was a great point. Yeah. And Erica, obviously working with you on our deal and, and kind of, now having been through a deal and really understanding uh, both from a business standpoint and, and a legal standpoint, although you advised me not to play lawyer and I did my best to listen to you, um, <laughs> just really understanding kind of how intense it is and all the intricacies uh, that are there. And so, you know, I've really enjoyed talking to other physicians who are selling their practices and kind of, you know, giving them some advice and guidance on kind of what to expect um, in the process, just having gone through it. So it's, it's been a real big learning experience for me. I'm, you know, I'm really glad that we did it. Um, we're really happy with, with our partnership and, uh, you know, now I'm really enjoying working, uh, at Gould Financial Group. Right. So all good. Great. Well, you guys know, I love working with you and it's always a pleasure to kind of talk about these things because we see new issues arise and every time we do a deal, right? So, um, well, thanks for joining us and thanks everyone. This has been Joel Brodsky and Dan Gould from the Gould Financial Group, Private Wealth Management. And I urge you to reach out to them if you're thinking of doing a transaction. Uh, and I guess if you're in the midst of one, they can help bring so much value to that deal. Uh, I've seen it time and time again, and I can't say enough about, you know, how much they help their clients really get that deal done in, in the best way possible. Um, so thank you so much. And this has been the Health Law Hotspot. You can see all of our podcasts at ralaw.com. And uh, we hope you'll join us next time. Thanks so much, guys. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Retzel Health Law Hotspot does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have.